0: DJ, hey, DJ, drop a beat. Oh, not another podcast. 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 Those people are the like, freaks, man. They're hookers, so it's fine. James.
1: Meth is a hell of a drug.
0: Okay, bitch, it's on. Rice. You know what really grinds Mike is? I bet they're Brazilianaires.
1: Samantha. Get out now or sting, get weed. <laughs> when we're really desperate, <laughs> we put our hands underneath his balls.
0: Big Jim. I know my way around it. Joe, you know, been shaving your own pubic hair for years? No, I've just been collecting it. I'm not weird. Danny. Don't want to sound like a dick or nothing. Had an expansive bookmark collection. What the hell is wrong with you people? Not another podcast. Go ahead.
1: On this computer.
0: Yes, recording in progress. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Is, is that the right one that he hits?
0: Probably. It's so. recording.
1: Yes, it's the only record button I see. I thought it was in a different spot, but whatever. Indeed. I'm just paying some bills. Fun. So yeah, uh, like I said, it's banned book week. I thought we could talk about some book banning.
0: I'm down for that. Can we put L. Ron Hubbard's Dianetics up there?
1: Uh, we own an edition of that, actually. You do. Hmm. Nice. Ryan. Um, Ryan likes to read from the perspective of crazy. So he's, he likes the getting like the, the from the horse's mouth. Whereas I'm just like, I would rather have that layer of separation and listen to like the psychological experts who study these people, you know? So,
0: yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I'm, I, I can adhere where he's coming from because honestly, I've always been fascinated by certain levels of crazy. Yeah. Um, but, there i don't know i guess to me it's not necessarily crazy that people get into it what i find crazy is that a sci-fi writer wrote a sci-fi book and people treat it as an actual religion that actually has Mm -hmm. tax exemption now i know that there are groups of people who you know treat the hobbit like it's a real thing and you know there's the dudist religion but those are all kind of jokes to themselves and you know it's funny because it's a joke these guys took it too far
2: (laughs) (laughs) because what
1: happened with with Scientology is L. Ron Hubbard took his sci-fi premises and he was dared to create a religion to see what would happen and this is what we have so it did take another level of of things to happen for it to become what it what it was rather than just fandom right so but yeah um but he likes reading from the perspective of like the creator you know that that kind of like what I mean by perspective of crazy yeah. is not so much the people that were involved but like oh like uh Ron Miscavige the guy who who runs Scientology now who is just a monster yes <laughs> to put it mildly um <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty terrible. So uh yeah. Um let's kick this pig. But not hard. Pigs are cute.
0: They're cute. (laughs) That's until they become 600 pounds.
1: Oh, they're still cute though. They're just really heavy and cute. (laughs) Alrighty, welcome to not another podcast. My name is Sam. I'm Dan. And we are the only two that you are stuck with today, dear listener lucky Let's you face it
0: you wanted this
1: this is what you prefer anyway
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so um it is banned books week so i uh i thought it would be kind of fun to do a blind react to the top 10 banned books of 2020 since 2021 is not over yet um i did send danny an image from thrift books if you're not familiar follow their instagram uh it's pretty cool and shop from thrift books because it's awesome <laughs> not yeah. sponsored but please sponsor us Thrift
0: books. we're readers. all
1: readers here on this podcast so
0: we are today
1: <laughs> just just for today um I've got like 30 pages left in a book and I'm just like can I go finish it yet so no <laughs> and I, I gotta record this shit with this guy yeah <laughs>
2: so,
0: bullshit
1: but um wait what <laughs> damn it so I was on
0: board until I realized I was this guy
1: so
0: uh-huh, or you uh-huh. hate me, Sham? <laughs> I
1: don't hate you much.
0: Oh, well, at least there's a degree of separation there. So, I mean, <laughs> you're telling me there's a chance? Oh yeah. yeah. So,
1: um, I sent you guys a picture earlier. Uh, like I said, from thrift books the most commonly banned books of the past decade. So, did you get a chance to look over some of those?
0: No, and besides, our listening audience had neither, so I figured we could just go through the list
1: okay Together. So, yep uh, so we can go through these and then like i said i have a more targeted list for 2020 um and the most challenged books of 2020 and then we'll see like what we have read what we have and then that list has reasons why they are being challenged or banned gotcha so i think a good place to start is what are your thoughts on banning books in general
0: um i genuinely think it's bullshit um but that's coming from the musician in me Mm -hmm. Um, because there are certain music that are, you know, explicit content, Um, but they're not necessarily banned and books being works of literature that they are, are either an expression of the storytellers trying to give us something that makes us think. And I don't know my running theory on banned books is that the people banning books typically i would imagine are white christian women who don't want to believe magic is real because then jesus is a wizard um or that white people are at fault at any point throughout history because we were the nice guys all the way through history um so typically i feel like that's really where the standpoint of banning books comes from and it never feels like it's banned for a any kind of particular good reason i mean to
1: those reasons
0: well and that's the thing too it's like i I was talking to my wife about it a little bit before i got on and she brought up one that we're pretty sure has been on a banned book list probably for the last 50 years Um, and it's the stroll peter have you ever heard of the stroll peter i don't
1: think so i'm not familiar it's not ringing any bells
0: It's basically like a German children's book um, that talks about like immediate threats of certain things. So there's one story where it's called The Little Match Girl. Um, Her mother told her not to play with matches and she did and caught herself on fire and all the animals cried into the pile of ashes that was her body. Those stories I'm totally fine with. There is one particular one in there called The Inky Boy. Um, some kids were taunting a, a child of color and as a punishment this older gentleman dipped them all in ink to make them the same color and it's like oh that shouldn't be a punishment guys <laughs> that's that's not no okay yeah swinging and a miss on that one yeah, but all the other one it's like said you suck about... and you there's... get your thumbs cut off i mean oh cold. yeah
1: that's the little blackbird cherry uh, the blackbird pie or whatever um but yeah that that's very like reminiscent of the aesop's fables Grimm's tales and anderson um hans mm-hmm. christian An- anderson stories like the little mermaid she died and became sea foam like it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay
0: yeah her love did not recognize her at all
1: so like sorry kids, it doesn't always work out the way it does the way the way you think it should
0: And I always loved those stories for that reason, though, because it Mm was kind of a life lesson that needed to be learned, you know. yep.
1: Up on my walls, like, we can't see it here, but I do have my Hans Christian Andersen, Grimm, and, like, my fairy tale collections Mm -hmm. displayed up there, so. Me too. Yeah, we're, we're snobs.
0: (laughs) Yes, we are. <laughs> I think I everyone should fight. have
1: something they're a little snobby about. Everyone does have something, but I don't think that's a bad thing as long as you can recognize it. So well, but,
0: just don't be a cunt yeah, about it. You
1: exactly. Know. You can be a little snobby about some things and it's OK. Yeah. It's just I, I don't necessarily think it's snobby. I think it's um you have a standard on something that other people don't. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It doesn't make it any better, different or worse. You're just different. <laughs> uh for the listening audience danny just uh lit his pipe and set off his uh his smoke detector
0: (laughs) doesn't want me doing that
1: (laughs) yeah my general thought on on banning books is banning books is dumb um i very much think of it as well i'm so sorry that you don't want to take the time to talk to your kids about difficult subjects I'm so Uh sorry that you don't want your kids to have an open mind about the world and you want to keep them in a tiny little bubble to protect, to under the guise of protection. But really, it's just your fears. And that I, you know, because as all of my friends with kids say, your children are not you. Uh and they're going to learn differently. They're going to, you know, and, and books are a wonderful way to open up your mind and gain empathy and other life experiences and recognize that not all lives are the same and not yeah. all paths are the same. Yep. Cause then that's how we end up with this. Like, well, you have to have a job at this specific place with a white picket fence by this age, have this many kids. And, you know, like, that's just not, what's that don't um, get me wrong. in the don't beginning get me of the wrong. show in the beginning of the show weeds you know all the ticky tacky little houses and they all look just the same
0: Who right and don't get me wrong uh, I do <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have anything wrong with that dream that vision no of not at all family and you know the house the kids the retirement you know and then the having going to your you know vacation house and retiring there kind of shit oh, I never had nice. a problem with that never had a problem with that Um, And then I became an adult and I realized that that shit was fucking impossible.
1: Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm thinking of it and I'm saying it in the person not to say that that's not a good thing to have a dream about because it's totally valid and wonderful. Everyone's everyone has different paths. But what I'm saying is it's the glamorized idealized idealized version of it. The romanticization of it, I think is a bad thing.
0: I think it can be, especially if you don't educate them on the hazards of, you know, coming up in general. So, I mean, shit, I remember hearing, Oh, this would have been years ago, but one of my old teachers from high school asked them what they think should be added to the curriculum for future generations. And he was like, well, for one, learning how to file your own taxes would be a good thing to know. Yeah. Um, understanding your cost ratios of living versus, you know, how much it's going to cost to have an apartment or a house what goes into that? What do you need to account for? You know, stuff like that. And just general financial planning would have been a really good skill to have in school because, you know, we're there and we typically would learn sometimes unnecessary information in my opinion.
1: Yep. I agree. Um,
0: Things like algebra, unless you're planning to get a job that does like engineering or science of any real nature, um, algebra is really not overly necessary for you above the basic level. You know, yeah, you don't the whole, need to understand introverts.
1: You're going to use this every day of your life.
0: hmm
1: okay. okay. Okay, now. Um, okay.
2: know
1: it. Yeah, right. So uh, I'm going to circle back. And so the list that I sent you guys, we're just going to kind of rapid fire go through these before we go through the 2020 list. So mm-hmm. these are the 10 most banned um i'm sorry 15 no wait i can't count
0: that's okay 12. No about it.
1: <laughs> these are the 12 most banned books Algebra. in the past Not decade <laughs> from 20 <laughs> from 2010 to
0: 2019 fire
1: on so first we have sherman alexi the absolutely true diary of a part-time indian i have I never read that, that.
0: oh my god it's so good is it oh yeah Sherman so, uh, Alexie is amazing. I, I came across him during high school because of a movie called Smoke Signals. Mm-hmm. And that got me interested in the rest of his work. So he does, he's a, a Native American who, you know, grew up kind of, this is basically his story growing up and it's, it's really good. It's a young adult reader. So it goes really, really fast. I want to say it's only like maybe 250 pages long, give or take. Um, but it, yeah, you blow through it and it's an amazing story. So I picked up a lot of his other works and he is a really good writer. He's very prolific, very on point, And he always has something to say that kind of makes you go, huh? Okay.
1: Fair play. Nice. Fire so <laughs> Next would be now. I, I was too old to get into this, but my nephews love this. Um, Dave Pilkey, Captain Underpants. Mm -hmm. now i've seen the tv show i've read a little bit of it because the the boys love it and they have it on them but like (laughs) captain underpants being one of the most challenged books of the past decade i just i can't really wrap my head around it
0: it's just (laughs) a stupid
1: fantasy full story of two kids writing a comic book like god forbid children be creative
0: yeah fuck real
1: but I guess something I like, I don't believe in banning books. I believe if you don't want your kids to read something, then you guys should have a discussion. Um, and you know, that's that's what I personally believe. I would like, say there
0: are some books that should have an age limit mm. because just of the like, content um, involved.
1: Yes. Um, no, I totally agree with that.
0: Just like explicit content on an album, you know, yep. you're walking into it going, okay, this book might not be for your age group for reasons like under the dome for instance from stephen king sexual assault is kind of a hardcore thing to read when you're a child
1: yeah i read a lot of stephen king at way too young so
0: Mm -hmm. me too (laughs) Um, and and that's just it it's like i think maybe age guidelines where it's not to say that you're not able to read these books at younger ages but you better be prepared to have some really weird conversations with the parents (laughs)
1: Well, same thing with movies, but they're actually trying to develop like a rating system like they do with movies for books, which I think is pretty cool. That's why a lot of people, a lot of authors are starting to put trigger warnings and their trigger lists in the beginning of the book. So you can see it right away because when you, um, because the, the, the descriptions on the back of the book that tell you what the book is about is not written by the authors. It's written by marketers because they want you to buy the book Mm -hmm. and it doesn't like, so you can think a book is about one thing, but it's entirely about something different. And because I'm an Uber nerd, I do listen to a lot of book podcasts and someone right. was talking about this entirely. And it had like this really hardcore sexual assault scene and it triggered her so badly. And I, cause she, there was no indication that this was going to happen anywhere you know? So it's just, they're coming up with a rating system for books that would be equivalent to like what we have for movies. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, so the next one, is jay asher 13 reasons why
0: yeah kind of a on the nose subject in general but you know it's again it's an age thing in the respects i'll be honest with you books like that probably would have been somewhat helpful for me yeah when i was about 14 Mm -hmm. 13 14 um and i mean again it's It wasn't that I ever grew up in a house that was stringent about certain stuff like that. It was more so. There were some topics I don't know that my parents were prepared to talk about. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't necessarily their fault. They never really dealt with it before. Mm -hmm. So
1: and that's fair. Not everyone is going to have that experience.
0: Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, I think it's. I would rather not see the name band above the top of this list. I would say advisory, you know, we'll need to have a conversation with age groups here to below. Um, So they understand a little bit better what's going on. And honestly, I would see that as a great opportunity for parents to read again and, you know, kind of be able to connect with their kid in a certain way, you know,
2: Well, if, this one, if they read
0: a book like 13 Ways. I mean, they're gonna have some conversations perhaps that they never thought needed to be had, but did.
1: Well, this one and the next one are very like similar. So John Green looking for Alaska and I've read that one. That's pretty good. Um, John Green does a great job sort of bringing these things to light. But so 13 Reasons Why and looking for Alaska, you know, deal with suicide and depression and harmful thoughts. Um, so, yes, like trigger warning, stuff like that. But these are very helpful things for young adults and teenagers uh, to be reading because they can recognize these things in their friends. They can talk to their parents and say, Hey, you know, I'm reading this, this book. I, I kind of, I relate to this character and then you can have a discussion from there. Um, or Hey, my friend, I had a friend who was always talking about killing herself. And then when I finally said something, she got mad at me, but that's neither here nor there because I still like, I still felt good about what I did, but, (laughs) um, And then her parents said she couldn't hang out with me anymore. I'm like, it's not my fault that (laughs) that you make her life miserable, but I hope she's doing okay. (laughs) Last I heard after high school, she's fine, but it's been a long time. But anyway, but like these types of books, like that's something that it's like you said, it's so helpful and it lets kids know that they're not the only ones going through this. They don't feel alone and they can feel seen and represented with their issues in these things. And that's the biggest thing is like, I feel like these, like, like you said, a lot of these super one-sided, you know, (laughs) um, helicopter, helicopter moms, (laughs) helicopter moms, like they're trying to take away the relevance and anything that their kids can relate to other than happy, which I can't say is entirely unfair because you want your kids to be happy and healthy, but that's they're gonna deal with shit
0: that's a far cry from being informed though
1: yes yes
0: if you shield them from all the horrors of the world when they finally see them they have a harder time coping with it by sheer default and i think not not to really bring up different topics here but i mean that's one of the reasons i think like um the age group for boomers was so hard-nosed about a lot of things. And I'm not trying to generalize, but I am saying just like that generation of yourself up by your bootstraps yeah. kind of concept and shit like that. It's because they went through some nasty fucking times mm-hmm. and became hardened because of it. If they'd have had somebody explain to them a little bit in better detail why that was they might not have hardened to a crisp, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Or even if like psychology and like psychological studies were more advanced at that time, which, you know, it was very much like do it this way and you'll be fine. And it's like, no, that's that's not how that works. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But
1: you know, there just wasn't an understanding of mental health that we have now.
0: Right. And I think that's a major factor in a lot of these books getting banned is um, you know, they do talk about things that people would rather not, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think it scares some folks because they don't understand it or they don't get it. And so they just try to sweep it under the rug and forget that it exists. We now live in an age where we have connection to all of the world and all of its faults, all of its glories. And so a kid's going to discover this shit really easy the first time they go on their computer, the first time they fucking Mm -hmm. log into Facebook, they're going to be just swarmed by copious amounts of shit. And if you don't prepare them properly by at least, you know, showing them that, yes, this is a thing and this is why I believe it's bad, you know, or this is what I believe it to be, um, then they get pissed off about it you know they get mad about it and that only seeds more hatred and bitterness and it really doesn't help anything but yeah
1: so um the next ones i'm just going to kind of uh, okay so we've got to kill a mockingbird by harper lee which has been challenged for years yeah that's um, justin richardson and peter parnell they wrote and tango makes 3 okay which i'm not familiar with that one
0: me neither I el james
1: Fifty Shades of Cray. <laughs> See. It, I feel uh, that one
0: should be banned for other reasons. But, right, it should know. be
1: banned because it's a bad book. But, you know, yes. it, it the sex in it is not even hot. So, like, kids are just not good. But it is really shows an unhealthy side to BDSM because E.L. James has no idea what a healthy BDSM relationship looks like. Um, but even so, still, it's
0: like, there there might be an age limitation on that yes no
1: yeah because these are just like banned in general like that shouldn't be in your school library but in your public library like there should be no limitations there um and then we have lauren miracle internet girls which i'm not familiar with that one but i've i've seen it around gotcha um so it's basically like I, i feel like it's digital native children i've seen it Online, I've seen the cover, but I don't know really what it's about. Then we've got Toni Morrison, Blue the Bluest Eye, which is just oh, uh, lyrically beautiful and sad. And uh, is um,
0: Panic Versus still on that list?
1: Not on this one
0: by Salman Rushdie,
1: no, not on this one.
0: Yeah,
1: um, then we have. Khaled Hosseini, which um, I think I'm saying that right, but I'm not sure. Uh, the Kite Runner. I own that one, but I have not read it yet. But that's been on the challenge lists for years. they fun, have... but they
2: made a movie out of
0: it, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah.
1: And they have Suzanne Collins' Hunger Games.
0: For fuck's sake.
1: I know, right? Like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> and then the last one on this list for the overall past 10 years is Jeanette Wall's The Glass Castle, which I have heard of, but I am not super familiar gotcha. with.
0: Yeah, and again, for me, it's weird because it's kind of one of those weird concepts, too, where it's like, if you make something illegal or bad, I I might be speaking alone, but that always made me want to do it more. Yeah, um, because I wasn't supposed to. I wasn't supposed to read it. You know, and when I read The Catcher in the Rye, because that used to be on the band books for fuck all forever. It still is. I hate that book. I hate that book with such a passion. And it's not that it's a bad story. I just, I can't stand the writing style. I just, I can't do it. It's like if every third word on the page is phony because you're such a self-important douche canoe that everything is so big. It's like, fuck you, dude. Jesus Christ, I'm done with this shit. I can't. Because I need a story to at least be entertaining. I need to be Mm -hmm. able to be interested in it for some reason. Like, I can read the fucking, uh, what is it? I can't remember the actual name of it. But it's basically the the story of Ed Gein. Yeah. And I can read that and be interested, fascinated, terrified, (laughs) but fascinated. And I, I, I can read all kinds of weird shit, you know, I mean, for fuck's sake, I went out of my way and <laughs> funny story. So I had just been listening to uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker's Book of Mormon musical yeah. um, and it cracked me the fuck up. Oh, my God, I laughed so hard. I was driving home from work one day and I saw these two guys walking up the street with the white shirt, black tie and little elder badge. And I stopped right in the middle of the street, rolled my window down. I was like, "Hi, you guys wouldn't happen to be Mormons, would you? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, could I talk to you for a bit? And they're like, okay. I I could tell they were just like nervous. And it's like, I got out of the car. And the first thing was, I am so sorry. That probably seems super fucking weird. But (laughs) I'm genuinely curious to know more about your religion. Uh, because, honestly, listening to a musical that's kind of making fun of it is not a great basis for understanding. Right. And I, I what was weird to me is after I talked to these guys, you know, and they gave me uh, the Book of Mormon, and I took it home and read it, and I thought it was interesting. Um, won't lie, I thought it was also pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I just keep thinking of the thinking. South
1: Park episode of, like, John Smith, dum-dum-dum-dum-dum.
0: Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, like the core foundation of their belief structure, I can understand and I can get into for the most part. It's like, just don't be a cocksucker. It's kind of their golden rule. Yep. Um, there are other rules that are not so great, but you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I read through it and then uh, flash forward like six or seven months after that incident. And I found out that some family friends of mine were Mormon and have been Mormon our entire life. So I've known Mormons, loved them to death. They're my second family and just never knew because they never really brought it up to me, you know, and they never talked about it. Uh, But they are fairly devout. And it was like, well, that's fucking cool. That's badass. See, perfect example of what I'm talking about. And it was like, no, okay, fuck, yeah, I can get into that. All right. Fair play. Fair play. And it was interesting for me because I will go out of my way to read stuff like that. I have a holy Quran. I actually have two of them. One of them, I went out and bought, and then like four months later, I got invited to this open house at a um, at a uh, oh goddamn it, I'm blanking on the name of their church uh, mosque. Yes, yeah, that's right. So there was an open house where basically they were inviting their neighborhood friends or their neighbors in general just to come talk about you know what the Muslim religion actually is versus what people paint it to be in the news um Mm -hmm. and they gave me a copy there and i was i kept that too and it was really interesting to me and it was like again some of the language in those books are dry as fuck yeah and a little bit difficult sometimes to comprehend what they were really trying to say but the poetry in the quran is beautiful
1: i feel like that's kind of um status quo for any religious text though
0: oh god like the bible you're gonna is have so your lyrical poetic
1: moments and you're gonna have your super dry oh my gosh i really don't know what you're saying moments
0: yeah and on top of that too it's like man the bible is a slog
1: yeah yeah really it lie. really is <laughs> so so um, i do have like the, the opposite scenario that happened to me with like with like the the Mormons that come knocking on your door. I was living in Washington state and I lived on a busy road and I took Essie out to go walk. And, um, these people are just like basically hanging out their car and honking, like, Hey, waving at me. I was like, what? is happening pulled up next to me and like you want to come to church with us and i was like i am walking my dog so no, no. thank you It was a, i mean it was super weird but also a very cordial interaction yeah. I and mean, they were like they were super nice but i was like why did you stop in the middle of this road Like, <laughs> people are gonna get mad <laughs> i don't understand what's happening i was so it was very strange but oh, you know right. it makes for a fun little story
0: and it was awesome and again it's like kind of getting back to what I was talking about though I can, I got through the Bible Mm, begrudgingly and I still will say Mm. that that was a better book than Catcher in the Rye
1: (laughs) (laughs) Catcher in the Rye
0: (laughs) Oh my god, Jesus and I understood the concept behind the story, I understood the reason why that story exists Mm -hmm. but at the same time I couldn't help but go, god shut the fuck up I, so oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I, I am a completionist with books. Usually I have a very hard time DNFing a book. Um, if you don't not know me. what DNFing stands for, read uh, listeners. It's you did not finish or do not finish. So I have a hard time DNFing a book. Um, I'm trying to get better though. I've DNFed two this year so far, so, but I have a really hard time with that and especially if it's like an audiobook, i'll just speed it up so i can just get through the fucking end of it faster i'm like, just be done with
2: this already yeah then i can say
1: i finished it. yeah but i'm like no i'm not gonna do that anymore because it's just a waste of my time and i'm like I-, I have better books to read i have i have a kindle full an audiobook, a huge audiobook list and shelves of books i can go read something i want to read
0: right And honestly, I've never had a problem with DNFing a book at a sheer principle. My golden rule of thumb is if I get to the sixth chapter and I fucking hate it, I'm not finishing it. I don't care how great the fucking ending is. I'm not getting there. And if you want to tell me where it picks up, I'll flip straight to that and finish a motherfucker (laughs) because I can't for me reading like a, a. aside from when I've been broken now and been on my ass for these last two months. um, Typically my ability to read quietly is kind of sparse. Like I have so many other endeavors and, you know, entertainments at my disposal that, you know, kind of take my priority. Like my music, for instance, I maybe get an hour a day to, fuck around on a guitar maybe sometimes that's only like 15 20 minutes and that's my time for that
2: mm-hmm. so the
0: idea of breaking off to read a book that sucks serious ass no yeah. no i got better video games to play yeah. i still have games i haven't finished i still have songs ideas that i haven't put down because i don't have the time to do it so if you're wasting my time on a bad book i'm out
1: yeah i agree like sorry
0: but Nothing makes me happier than when I find a book that absolutely captures me and captivates me within the first chapter or two.
1: That's yeah. That's always fun.
0: Oh God. I love that so hard. And again, like one of the books that had did that to me recently was a book by, uh, Caitlin Starling called the luminous dead. And I'm sure I've talked about it on here before. Matter of fact, I think I've sent you a link to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I picked it up on a recommendation from Powell's books. So pal's books has this nice little bookcase where their employees will put up books. They like, you know, Mm -hmm. and typically I, I will always scan through the recommendations, but I saw this one pop up and she's an author from Portland and it was like, well, fuck. Yeah. Why not? Hell yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot that. It looked cool. You know, the back jacket gave me kind of the 10 cent tour of what I was getting into. I was like, hell yeah, I can get into this. I read that book and I fell in love with it, like within the first chapter and a half. And I didn't stop reading it for probably three or four days after. Yeah. Like I was taking it to work with me and every waking second that I was away from my work, I was reading. I mean, shit, we were going to the gym at the time and I had that fucker on the bike and I was just doing the bike while reading Yep. because I didn't want to actually do any other working out. So I was like, fucking, I'm just going to use this as an excuse to, you know, ride this bike and do
1: (laughs) it. Yeah. That when I was working out, that was the, um, uh, that was my cool down was just walking on the treadmill and I would have my Kindle on it and just, just reading. I had a, a trainer just jump on the one next to me and be like, what you reading?" And I was like, do you see I am busy?
0: (laughs) Don't you hate that too? When you're reading a book and someone's like, what you reading? It's like, I'd love to tell you, but I'm kind of knee deep in this fucking thing.
1: I had headphones in listening to some music my lunch in front of me and, uh, and my Kindle. And I am actively reading. I have headphones in, and this was before I had like the wireless ones. You could clearly see the wires going to my earballs. Yep. And this woman is, cause we're like in the, you know, it's, it's a public area yeah. and she's sort of hovering next to me and i'm just like ignore 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 but she continues to hover i'm like there are so many other people around here <sighs> and then i tentatively look up at her like yes what are you doing and then she's like oh just starts like in on this pitch of something and i was like looking and looking at all of the things that t- t- explicitly say do not talk to me
0: yeah busy fuck off
1: I was so upset. I was like, can you just leave me alone?
0: (laughs) You know, and it's weird too, because that's one of the things I've loved about reading is it is a individual experience. Because when you read something, at least for me, um, my my brain goes into movie mode. Yeah, me too. And and it's like, I'm watching this fucking thing unfold. But as my eyes are understanding the words, my brain is playing this film in my head. And if it's a good one, dude, I, I don't want to break concentration because I will lose my world. And it's frustrating when people want to talk to me at, at the same time, it's kind of sweet. And I'll, but, I'll write them a pass because, you know, sometimes folks are just social butterflies and they just require conversation. And they want to talk to another reader and, and it's like, Hey, I
1: get that. That's the difference though. If she had said, Hey, I'm, what are you reading or what is this device or what? That's one thing, but this was entirely something that had absolutely nothing to do with this. It was something that had to do with work and what she was doing and related to my job. And I was like, (laughs) ma'am. Bitch,
0: I am on break. Fuck off. Well, and on top of that too, though, it's like, I've always tried to give people a pass who ask me what's reading, what I'm reading. Yeah. Case in point, when I went to the gym, I had the luminous dead in front of me and I was on the bike. Same thing. Headphones mm-hmm. clearly in just a pedaling away And this dude next to me. I could hear him because I was trying to keep my earbuds kind of low. Yeah. And he asked me what I was reading and I, I just kind of debated that thought for a second. And I was like, yeah, I'm reading this book. Uh, <laughs> let me give you the 10 cent tour. And what I've started doing. I don't know. It's uber passive aggressive. (laughs) And I'm not typically that type of person, but if someone will stop me and ask me what I'm reading, I'll start going into detail as to what I've read thus far, what's going on in the story, who the characters are, where their backstories are, what's important about them. And I'll just start going on a fucking tirade (laughs) about this. It's like, so let me tell you all about this so far. So here's where I'm at. And It's like I'm giving a book report to someone and I'm not giving them a chance to speak because it's like, no, fuck you. You interrupted me to ask me (laughs) what I'm reading. You're going to fucking hear everything I'm reading. okay?
1: (laughs) I I see like there's these like tons of book memes. And one of them is like one of them is like, friend, can you recommend me a book? Me. Are you sure you want to start this conversation? And I'm like, that's me. That is, I'm like, that's so me. I'm like, are you sure you want to start this? The three things that will get me to go off on anything books, tattoos, dogs, my three favorite topics
0: on this planet.
1: And then after that would be like cults and, and, um, yeah, serial killers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cults and serial killers would be like, those are like my five top topics that i will talk about to no end but like the top the dogs books tattoos i will like are you sure you want to have this conversation with me like you need to be like mentally and emotionally prepared for this and i need you to like (laughs) sign this here (laughs) see
0: and that's me too when it comes to like uber fandoms that i have um and music obviously because you know me well enough to know Mm -hmm. I'll go on a fucking tirade about that shit but and that's just it though is it's like it's something that we're passionate about it's something Mm -hmm. that we feel we have a good understanding about because it is such a major part of our life yeah books for me they're weird because it's like I love talking about books that I've read um I just I always feel bad when someone's like oh have you read this book by so-and-so it's like no and like, oh well, you should. It's like, yeah, I should. I <laughs> well, haven't.
1: this I pull up my Goodreads on my phone and I add it to my TBR. And if I get to it, I get to it. Cause like I'm a I'm a mood reader. So if I if if like something in my soul is like reaching out to this, this is what I want. Like I read so many contemporary romances this past month, month and a half, because yeah. I was in a really depressive state and I just needed that happy bright yeah. thing and some really steamy scenes <laughs> you know but uh, not but not all of them had that some were just cutesy what Pornhub's
0: hubs for sam
1: <laughs> that's what reading is for danny i just finished a book today that was a super steamy bdsm retelling of the little mermaid so
0: damn that's hot
1: yeah it, it was so, <laughs> so um it's called the sea witch by katie robbins
0: Well, and the thing about it is, though, is it's like, I love talking to people who are passionate about something.
2: I always feel
0: bad because, thank you. I always (laughs) feel bad, though, because anytime somebody brings up their, you know, their passion, my brain goes into relate mode. So I will relate to music, everything in the world. I can basically tell you a great movie is a great movie because of its score not necessarily always true but i can say that that's one of the reasons it's a great movie um when i read a book i'm one of those readers who has to have the right music and it's weird because i don't always know the right music until i get it yeah and that's what's frustrating to me sometimes with books it's like i'll be reading a book and it's like man this is really good fuck it'd be better if i had the right song And so I'll throw my iPod on Shuffle, and I have something like, oh, Jesus, I think my iPod's now up to something like 33,000 songs Mm -hmm. in my iPod. That's the primary function of my iPod is just music storage. Mm -hmm. And so when I hit Shuffle, I get all kinds of weird rando shit. I get everything from game soundtracks to fucking comedy bits, heavy metal, country music, pop. I mean, I go the whole... Gambit and it's oh, like yeah. sometimes I'll find the right song and it's just like <sighs> there it is. I'll put that fucker on repeat the entire time I'm listening to or reading this book. Um case in point, one of my favorite experiences of that was the vampire Lestat. Okay. So the follow-up to Interview of the Vampire, mm-hmm. I was fascinated by Lestat because of the movie. Didn't know much about the book characters because I never read Interview with the Vampire. I figured, fuck it, I've seen the movie, it's good now. <laughs> and I loved that movie. Yeah. Um, so I picked up that book and for like two days, I, this was during high school, for two days I struggled to find the right music. And one day I was walking to school and I had the book in my bag and I threw in my Corn uh, Follow the Leader album. Mm. Not sure why it worked, but oh my God fucking God did that book just come alive thanks to that album. And I, I was able to just let the album sit on repeat. So I was listening to every song on the album, never skipping a single song while I'm deep into this book. And it just, it seemed to hit at the right moments where it's like, you get some of the more chill songs, you get some of the heavier songs and it's like, fuck yes. And it helps that in the book, he meets his best friend um i believe his name was david and he's a violinist who will perpetually make Lestat weep with the beauty of his music and while i'm listening reading this part i'm hearing corn you know <laughs> it's like all in the family nice okay good touch good touch okay and, and it was fucking awesome it's it fun that when shit so- like,
1: just lines up like that
0: Oh god it was beautiful uh, Harry Potter uh, I listened to one song while reading That entire series And it was a song called Remember by Disturbed mm-hmm. And one of the main Reasons it caught my attention was because I was Doing that weird thing where you hear Something that's in the song that's not actually there
1: Yeah
0: uh, I could have sworn I heard him say Hermione In that song And so I was like alright let's give it a shot flipped open the book started reading I was like oh my god this works so beautiful <laughs> and yeah I that's how I read though but mm-hmm. for me like the times in my life I can pinpoint that I enjoyed reading the most was when I had absolute solace but a true desire to read because there are times where I go through and it's like god I really want to read this god I really want to read this and I just don't because you know time or whatever you know a thousand other excuses why i don't and i'm always kind of regretful of that because like for instance i'm reading a book right now that Josie recommended to me called uh wild seed uh, oh by octavia butler yes and i just broke into this fucker and i'm digging it i'm digging it hard i'm, I'm loving everything about it
1: Yeah. She's wonderful.
0: Her character is amazing. I mean, you can already tell that the guy she's rolling with is just made of bad fucking news, but you're curious to know what the fuck happens. And I've been seeing that book sitting on my nightstand and I just haven't read it. And it's frustrating for me because again, I really want to find the right music to just be like, Ooh, yeah, that that'll fit. That'll work. And I've tried a couple of different variations and things like that. I just can't seem to find it, and so for that reason alone, a lot of the times that will stump my reading. Um, the Wheel of Time series, again, I got every book I've ever read that I enjoy has a soundtrack. That probably doesn't make any fucking sense. Why it's the soundtrack? It just is.
1: It makes sense to you, and that's what matters. Yeah. Well, like, no like, one else has to understand your process. Yeah, and it's it, like, yeah, my my music choices are much more broad in that is, um, I don't always have to have music to sit down and read, but there are times when it's really helpful. Like in July, I went through a really nasty reading rut because that's the month I lost my job. And then, you know, August and September, I've been reading a lot of romances and some, some cheesy horror books. Um, and that's really (laughs) clown in a cornfield. Oh my gosh. It's so good.
0: (laughs) Sam put this on your read list. If you haven't already hell house by Richard Matheson.
1: Hell House by Richard Nesson. All right, let me get my good Goodreads up. Um, but anyway, so, uh, but what I've taken to doing is um, I will just put on, I love the ambiance. I started with like music that helps you focus. And then yeah. it was a lot of classical stuff and I moved into other things, but I am loving the, um, like the eight hour ambiance coffee shop, jazzy music. Yeah. That's what I will put on, uh, I'll put on, a coffee shop. And it's this beautiful image, you know, and it's like, oh, it's just so pleasant because I can get a cup of coffee, pretend that I'm in a coffee shop, being a pretentious ass reading my book. (laughs) And I love it.
0: (laughs) Not wanting to talk about what book you're reading.
1: Yes. Leave me alone.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I did the exact same thing for the Wheel of Time series. I had put on uh, eight hours of Skyrim ambient music.
1: Oh, okay, Yeah.
0: And oh, my God. Let me just set this up for you.
1: Hell House is already on my TBR.
0: Yes.
1: I have so many books that I've marked want to read that I always have to double check.
0: Telling you that one for a horror story. That one, I really appreciate it. It, It's very it's not your typical horror story in the respects that it doesn't take fuck all forever to really get moving. Once it gets moving, it fucking goes. And it's really good. Do not watch the movie. (laughs) it is awful um but you know it was one of those things though where it's like let me set this scene for you so i just bought the first three books of the wheel of time series in one of those little box collections you know because yeah. i like high fantasy i can't help myself oh yeah one. so i picked up the, right i pick up the first book and i'm like all right i'm gonna get started today and it was it was a weird day too i got off work early i was living in downtown portland The house had just gotten cleaned. And so, you know, I walked into a nice clean apartment. I sat down. I made myself, I think I made myself some hot chocolate or something like that. And I pulled out my iPod and I threw on the eight hours of Skyrim music because I was like, hey, that should probably be just about right. I put fireplace for your home on my TV because no space for a real fireplace. I was like, fuck yeah. And it starts snowing outside. And I'm in my pajamas with my bathrobe and slippers on. I got my hot chocolate. I got Skyrim playing a fireplace going. And it's like, if this isn't fucking perfect, I don't know what is. I fired up my pipe. I'm sitting back and I just start digging into this fucker. And oh, my God, was it fun. Oh, it just immediate in. No question. After that, it was real easy for me to jump back into it. Because I had already kind of set the standard for how comfortable I was when I started reading it. Mm-hmm. And that was ideal. Like I'd snow outside. <laughs> like it all up. just. Christ. The stars aligned to just make this perfect scenario for me to start reading this book. That's awesome. And it was glorious. I loved it so much. It was such a great story. And I was really happy with it all the way until the third book and then it started to get really shitty
1: <laughs> uh, there's a youtuber called daniel green and he goes he's a huge wheel of time just super mega fan oh, yeah. and has read them all and he's like if you can make it through the slog which is like x book to x book and then Fourth, but the ending the is like yeah but then, and then like the ending is like oh and then it gets so much better and then um then you have brandon sanderson that comes in and finishes up yep. the series and then that's ev- that's just as good so oh, yeah uh, he's like if you can make just make it through that slog he's like i know it sucks i've done it multiple times <laughs> 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 he's like but just make it through that it is worth it but if you don't i understand because one of his best friends who's also a booktuber only made it through book four yeah and she's just kind of like I don't think so, Dude, so if so I remember much. that correctly because there's I I watch a lot. no of no no you're oh right um, you're right because oh no, I'm, I'm just trying to remember if it's the time. person I'm thinking of but like it's one of two other booktubers that are just like gotcha. I don't need to go any further
0: and that's the fucked up part about it too I found out about uh Brandon Sanderson because of his interaction with the last three books mm-hmm. and I had a friend at work who had also flogged through them all and basically gave me the skinnies like not gonna lie, you finish book three, jump straight to number (laughs) ten. I was like, really? Am I gonna miss like some serious plot points? He goes, no, not really. A lot of political bullshit, a lot of underhanded bullshit, but basically all the characters make it to that point that you give a shit about, Mm. and the story wraps up fucking amazingly. So 10, 11, and 12 were the books to read, and they were in part because Brendan Sanderson stepped in to help him finish because I think by well, that Robert time, Robert Jordan had Jordan passed had away. Passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they basically brought him in and he knew the book series, loved yeah. the book series, oh, but yeah. he also knew uh, uh, Robert Jordan and his wife. And so mm-hmm. going into it was like, okay, I'm a friend of yours, so I'm not going to fuck this up.
2: Yeah. And, well, it was,
0: well,
1: Jordan's wife who who asked Sanderson to do it, because I think she actually interviewed multiple authors, but yeah. like he was just the only one that she really felt could pull it, it off. Yeah. Um, and as, as everyone that I've ever talked to has reported, he does it very well. Um, oh, yeah. I have read, I didn't even know who Sanderson was until the last couple of years. And I was like, huh. So, and I had never read anything by him. I have the first Way of King's book, which I am hyper excited to get into. But I read his, uh, there's a third one coming out, but I read his Star Sight duology, which again, the, a trilogy is going to be, co- a, it'll be a trilogy soon, nice. but it's, it's more of a young adult from a female perspective, but it's so good. I adored because, because Spencer was me as a kid, Spencer was me as a 17, 18, 19 okay. year old kid. And I was like, and there's another booktuber, tuber, Murphy Napier, who talks about it. She's like, how does this 45 year old white man (laughs) write a 15 year old girl that I relate to better than women have written and I'm like girl same
0: (laughs) well and it's funny too because every time something like that comes up it always makes me think of as good as it gets with Jack Nicholson oh yeah (laughs) how do you write women so well I think of a man and take away reason and accountability (laughs) oh fuck <laughs> such an asshole
1: <laughs> you're like hmm pretty sure that applies to nails and stuff It,
0: does. it mm-hmm. does.
1: so um do you want to run through this last list real quick
0: oh hell yeah let's get through it
1: so i sent you a link to it as well and i will put this link on our facebook it is from the ala which is the um um oh my goodness my brain just blanked on what the ala stands for let me go to their main webpage. something libraries american library association so um so these are the top 10 banned, most challenged books of 2020 so we have george by alex gino which i've never read but the reasons that it has been banned uh or restricted is lgbt qia plus content conflicting with religious viewpoints which separation church and state, bro, that should have nothing to do with it and right. not reflecting the values of our community
0: what's our community because <sighs> my community is full of all of those people
1: your community is acceptance and learning about other you know like like
0: yeah. And not being closed off to the point where you literally hate something for not knowing what it is.
1: Yeah. Um, this next one, I own this audiobook, but I haven't gotten to it yet. It's called stamped racism, anti-racism and you by, um, ibram x ibram x kendi and jason reynolds so this has been banned and challenged because of author's public statements and because of claims that the book contains selective storytelling incidents and does not encompass racism against all people so this reminds me of a very all lives matter
0: yeah it's what it's coming across as and it may just be poorly worded but that's really poorly worded
1: So I don't know. Um, author, like obviously we have JK Rowling who's a douche canoe. Um what?
0: No. So
1: like I believe now, I don't think it's any reason to to ban something, but again, it's another teachable moment, right? They banned yeah, to say, her before
0: hey. was found out to be an asshole.
1: But it's like, hey, this author themselves are problematic here's why let's talk about it. And it would be up to that person as an individual, if they want to continue supporting that author, or you just buy from something like thrift books or, or your local thrift store. And that money doesn't go to that author. Yeah. It goes to support and, a local community bookstore
0: or your well, local. Let's put it this way, like, again, as we've said in the past, if everyone's thought process on the Harry Potter series is true, that it was a group effort, um, don't feel bad about letting your kids read it because let's face it, she probably didn't have that much of a hand in what actually got written anyway, because that book teaches a lot of acceptance and tolerance and sticking together and working together against the overall forces of evil, which are pretty black and white in that book. So, I mean, it's like, if you want a true story of camaraderie and friendship that basically doesn't behold itself to purity, um, then that's going to be the book for you. And again, yeah. I can't say enough good things about the book itself because, again, it got me out of a heck, like a 15-year slump of just not wanting to read anything. Mm-hmm. And it was a buddy of mine in school. Um, his name is Roman. I highly doubt he listens to this. Mm-hmm. Hi, Roman. Hi, Roman. But he was in my uh, U.S. history class And he had Harry Potter book two. And I saw the cover and I saw it. And I was like, he had set it down and I was like, hey, dude, let me ask you, are those any good? And he goes, oh, man, they are so fucking fun. And I was like, okay, okay. Because up until that point, I was under the impression it was meant for, you know, elementary kids and shit like that. And it was like, I think at that time, only the fourth book had come out,
1: which is my personal favorite. (laughs)
0: My personal favorite's number three, seconded only by number five, I think. Um, but it was one of those things, though, where it was like, okay, he recommends it. He's reading it in class. He don't give a fuck. Hell yeah. And then I went and saw the first movie, and I walked out of the theater going, you know, what? it, that was a lot of fucking fun. If the book is even a quarter as entertaining as that movie was, fuck, count me in. I'm in. And I couldn't get a hold of it. Couldn't get a hold of it. And my dad had gotten really big into him after we went and saw the first movie because he was one of those people. It's like when we went and saw The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, he came out of that movie theater and like within the week had bought himself the trilogy and had read two of the three. Um, so we he had gotten a copy of the first four books and we went and saw number two in theaters because it was pretty close to the first one by the time I saw it. And so we come out of number two and I was like, fuck yeah. Okay. Game on. That was two movies in a row. That was really fucking enjoyable. I really had a great time. Fuck yes. Okay. Sign me up. My dad let me borrow his book three. Cause I was like, Oh fuck. I seen one and two. So I picked up book three and I started reading that and I'm a slow reader. I, I, Being dyslexic means your reading comprehension takes a little bit longer than some, but so it probably took me over the span of like three, four weeks to get through it. And I was in high school at the time. So, you know, my day was basically taken over by that, but I remember finishing that fucking book and just going, Oh my fucking God. Yep. There's only one more left. Shit. So I picked up book four from my old man. I read his book four and I fucking loved it. I loved it. And then book five released and my mom got me a copy. And oh my God, that was one of those things where I was being a little dangerous with life because I had to walk to and from school, you know? On my way to and from school, I'm reading this fucking yep. big ass I've bound <laughs> book. Been there. Like not paying attention to traffic at all, just walking with my headphones on. Like, <laughs> I'd get home, my mom was cleaning the house, I'd sit down on the couch and just punk. And I remember she interrupted me once. She's like, I'm really glad you're taking to read. And I'm like, woman <laughs> <Robin. laughs> and read. I had a good part. Oh. <laughs> and it did. It got me out of my funk for reading. And that was in high school. So I mean, I spent, I want to say middle school, I had read middle school was only Shakespeare. Yeah, during middle school was only Shakespeare because around that time is when I started to understand that I wasn't just lazy or you know dumb.
2: But Mm -hmm. my brain
0: actually worked in a different way. Yep. Uh, Nobody ever acknowledged it. So I had to basically fight against the torrent of shit. But that's what Shakespeare was for. It was basically trial by fire. If I could read it and speak it out loud and it come out cognizant, I could speak regular English without any problems. Yep. Um so yeah middle school was all Shakespeare plus I also thought it might be a bonus for the ladies if I knew a little bit of Romeo and Juliet.
2: Ooh, girl uh,
0: It did not at all. Uh nobody I met was impressed at all. <laughs> not I just in, read a including my wife.
1: <laughs> I read a Romeo and Juliet retelling that was just super disappointing. I was very not happy uh, with
0: it. Okay, um, did you like the movie that came out in the 90s with Leonardo DiCaprio, John Leguizamo,
1: as a teenager i remember liking it i've never seen it since it's not good so it didn't hold up very well well i mean of course as a teenager you can't you're not usually looking at things very critically but you know your hormones and emotions are just all over the place so like i remember being all like "Oh my god, that's so good. but um i don't i mean it was never like my favorite movie but i liked it
0: i was uh, furious with it when it came out yeah as a kid i was like this is fucking bullshit they ruined my classic you assholes and i felt that because i was that guy you know they're fucking ruining my classic as an adult going back and watching it it's like it's like no 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 still not That's into funny. it sorry guys <laughs> so no um,
1: i'm just gonna run down the list and i'm gonna post this i'm gonna post this list on our facebook page which you can find at humane apple pie aka not another podcast um so we have, uh, like I said, we've got George and Stamped, All American Boys by Jason Reynolds and Brandon Kiley, Speak by Laurie Halls Anderson, The Absolute True Diary of Part Time Indian by Sherman Alexi, uh, Something Happened in Our Town, a child's story about racial injustice by multiple authors, and it's illustrated too. Um, nice. oh, Divisive language, promote anti police views. I'm sure it probably doesn't. I've never read that one. Um, Harper Lee's to kill a mockingbird of mice and men by john steinbeck which i i have a really, really? hard time uh, so before i get into that yeah that one's been on the ban list for years and i'm like half of this stuff was mandatory reading when i was a kid so i don't understand Same here. um the blue Eye by tony morrison and the hate you give by angie thomas which is an amazing book so if you haven't read it freaking read it it's great angie thomas has two other books that have come out since that all have to do with the same family gotcha. so good concrete rose is about this characters in hate you give father and his upbringing so it's they're they're so good um but so of mice and men I have a very hard time being told what to read. I still have not read To Kill a Mockingbird because I don't like being told what to read. So I had a hard time in school keeping up with, even though I was a reader all the time, but I had a hard time in school keeping up with the reading because. Yeah, I'm no, no, I don't want to read what you want me to read. I will read what I want to read. My brain just <laughs> doesn't, my brain just doesn't keep up with it. Of Mice and Men was one of the ones that was a different story for me. I loved that book and it hit me in the feels so hard and I just it's always been it's always been one of my favorites um but it's it uh and I haven't read it since so I d- also do not tend to reread books so oh, I have a I list
0: and of- demolish rereading
1: I have a list of books that I would like to reread because I remember loving them so much. Memoirs of a Geisha being one of them because it was written by a white man. But uh, so I don't know how that's going to hold up, like having the views today and like Uh, growing and learning. Um, I,
0: I think it still holds a little bit of water. I mean, it was a unique story that basically wasn't necessarily true to the traditions of Geisha. Right. But it was a good story. I mean- i don't know yeah
1: great story but i'm just like i'm curious to look at it through a different lens now because it's been like 15 years since i've read it
0: well you also got to remember this is something my wife brought to my attention there are eras in our life that she refers to as consciousness yeah so yeah. if we read a book in our first consciousness which is like ages ought through fucking like 10 that's our first consciousness mm-hmm. we might have loved a book that we read back then we reread it again today and it's like okay second consciousness is usually our teenage years Mm -hmm. until we're about 19 or so and then our third consciousness is basically 20 and up Mm
2: -hmm. uh
0: because that's as far as we've made it so far um but it was one of those things where she was right because Mm -hmm. there are some movies that i would watch that i loved when i was younger that are just kind of cringy now um But there are still some things that hold true to how much I loved them. You know, I mean, shit like Dumb and Dumber, for instance. Yeah. I love that movie. I watched that shit all the time when I was younger. I mean, we're talking aught through 10. So it was first consciousness that I watched that movie. I watched it in my second consciousness and still loved it. Watched it in my third consciousness. And it's like, God, I love this fucking movie. Same with The Princess Bride. Same concept. Yep. Yep. And that's another book too that. Yes i I kid you not i have never been so fucking conned in my entire life i i kid you not like i i bought the book because i've been in love with the movie and since i found out that the screenplay was done by the author i was like hell yeah okay so it should be pretty close almost fucking verbatim it was perfect yeah for the book and Reading through it, you read his little side notes where he's talking about going to the Florentine museum and seeing the six-fingered man's sword and Buttercup's wedding dress and it's like Justin are like it, is this a real thing? Like is he actually just retelling us this fantastical story cuz like I can buy that there's a giant and, you know, sea serpents and shit, hey, you know, they're, they've been mistaken for eons. So, mm-hmm. is he actually just giving us an abridged version of S. Stern's classic tale? So, seriously, dude, Josie and I were fucking duped. We bought it, and we were looking all over the internet. It's like, is this bullshit? Where's the fucking Florentine Museum? It's complete and total bullshit. But my God he sold me a bill of goods and I bought it hook line and sinker and I had never been so infuriated and at the same time because again I love that book I mean I typically I'll read to Josie at night so we'll have books that you know I just read to her Um, she was trying to read me Irish folk tales but got frustrated because half the stories were about butter I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I used to read to her all the time. I used to read her uh, Rejected Princesses, which is a book by a guy oh. named Jason Uh huh,
1: I've heard of and
0: it. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm really glad that I did because it, it opened my mind up a lot to a lot of these women who have basically been underwritten throughout history.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I had never seen rage build up in my wife so much. Because she was like, where the fuck are we talking about this? We should have learned about these people. And Mm -hmm. then she kind of got all, you know, like soldiery and she was like, it could have been a general. (laughs) It's like on Jesus. (laughs) The
1: the book that I'm getting ready to finish now is about a, it's a historical fiction, but it is based on a real woman in her life. Um, Eleanor Dumont, a.k.a. Simone Jules, a.k.a. Madame Mustache, who brought blackjack to the american frontier um and one of the first female like she's such a strong one now with these kind of stories like a philipa gregory does an amazing job um she's oh, philipa gregory is just oh, she's a she's, she's a historian um but it, it, anyway so it's you, you take the lives of these people and you're trying to string it together which is what makes it fiction because there are elements that we just don't know that it's Uh up to the author to string those together and um jenny l walsh is who wrote um this book a A betting woman and i am loving it it did like dip in the middle for me where i was like ready for the next part but i'm really loving it so far like i said i got about 30 pages left so once we wrap up i can finish it (laughs) and finish out september with eight books this month um but anyway um, well, I, I track all this shit too. I like said I'm an Uber nerd.
0: Yes, you are, and we love you for it.
1: Oh, I'll man. ask you, have
0: you ever read a book that just didn't hit for you? Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Everything about it bothered you in kind of a deep way.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So, and this is one of the ones that I DNF'd. <sighs> Amazing author, Jody Picole or Picou cult I never knew how to say her last name, but Jody Picol is great, great author. Um, but so she had this book called The Book of Two Ways, and I was obsessed with ancient Egypt as a kid. Who the fuck wasn't when we went through it in school? Oh, um, we, and I wanted oh, to be an Egyptologist. We did, we did so this yeah, we would have been. So this book was about Egyptology and an Egyptologist and and right. missed chances, and then going back, like if you could go back. Um, and live the life you sh- you think you should have lived at that point. And I, it what it checked all the boxes of everything I love in like a family like type of book. Right. And I was like, this is going to be great. This is going to be perfect. Oh my god! The dialogue was-, was terrible. I did not give a shit about any of the characters. They said <laughs> they had the same conversation over and over and over and over and i was losing my mind i made it almost 50 percent, and i was like i'm out i can't do this anymore i just did i I did not care
0: see and i had a situation come up too and i feel bad about this too because uh josie had picked up this book um and it's called native tongue Mm
2: -hmm. and you'll
0: forgive me i don't remember the author's name um But it was basically a story concept set in the future about these, you know, so the amendment in the Constitution that allows women the right to vote got amended. So basically, it's handmaid's tale, but without reproduction so much as um, women are basically used as linguists. So they speak to alien races, and they're the only ones who go through the linguist thing, and they are subverted by all the male characters in this book. You know, the men run the companies that, you know, house the linguist and the government pays them to utilize their services. Um, And their bloodlines are kept pure because the linguist bloodline is so important. Um, And the government tries really hard to find a way to break away from them. And that causes a lot of infant deaths. Um, But the, and on the surface, she was like, "Yeah, this this kind of feels like the beginnings of the Benny Gesserit from Doom." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, cool, I, I can roll with that." And so she finishes it. She loved it. She loved it. And what happens in the book is the women come up with their own language so they can speak to each other without the men knowing what the hell's mm-hmm. going on. And they call it uh, "Langlish," I believe, is the first connotation of it. And this girl basically picks up on Langlish really fucking fast as a child and they're fascinated by her. And so the story basically kind of revolves around her for the most part Uh, Nazareth is the name of the girl. And I was reading this book and within the first chapter, I was just seeing this display of the worst level of men i had ever read in my entire life and it's like i couldn't do it because it's like this book for me for me was basically saying that if we amend one thing in the constitution all men turn to shit like that there is not a single man on the face of the planet who's like hold the fuck on wait a minute yeah. I, no i don't it's that
1: extreme it.
0: Yeah, and it was a female author, and it was like she was writing men just so awful and so horrible that it's like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, God, this makes me ashamed to be a man, and I don't know that that's necessarily what we should be doing here. And I tried explaining that to Josie, and she was like, No, you just need to get through it, you need to get further into it. It's like, it gets way better, and it's like. At any point, is there a redeemable guy that I can at least adhere with and be like, that's my guy. That's my guy. No. (laughs) I I can
1: understand where Josie's coming from with liking something like that, though, because women have been poorly written and described and just drug through the mud for centuries in
0: literature. And and she wrote this back in the 70s, too. So it's not Mm -hmm. like she wasn't speaking from a point of personal experience. And I get that. I get that. I just for my sake of entertainment purposes
1: yeah this didn't well, you, hit yeah. at all
0: I because and- i can only handle you know being reminded of how awful men can be
1: yeah
0: before i just start going well i don't even want to be a man yeah be a woman either because that's not who i am but fuck i i feel ashamed to be a guy and it's like don't get me wrong i i I know that this is like one of billions of circumstances where i'm sure women have felt the same way while reading through stories you know but i don't know it was something where josie and i hit a weird crossroad at that point where it's like i i can't i i can't put up with all the man hate that i'm reading here and she's like it's not man hate it's like that's how it comes across to me and as i read it i can't help but be dis Disgusted by how this author is viewing all men. And it was all men. Yeah. And I and was I, like, Man, I can't do it. And I felt bad because she was really interested, really into it. And I wanted to be able to share that with her yeah. and be like, Yeah, hell yeah, let's do this. But I couldn't do it. And I I got a little ways into it. And it was just like, I, I'm sorry, this is not for me yeah and again i felt bad because it's like oh i'm such a misogynist that i need a book that panders to me it's like no i just i don't want to read this type of rhetoric it's not fun it's not enjoyable and the only reason she's doing it is so her female characters are that much more boosted up for doing what they do and it's like it's it's low-hanging fruit for a setup yo yeah i mean give me one bad guy and a woman who beats him but don't paint all men as that one guy and it's like ugh, just i can't i can't i can't watch shows like that i mean fuck i haven't watched the handmaid's tale either because i got into the first couple and i was just like no i can't i'm sorry it's not gonna work for me
1: uh, there's one episode in season three where i was just fucking sobbing at the end and i was like yeah yeah we're, we're right around the corner from that so um and
0: don't get me wrong, That's the great. competitions and the important message that they have, I I, I can roll with. I understand that the world has just been shit to people, but there's a level of understanding that my entertainment levels do need to have a certain, yeah. I yeah. don't want to do that.
1: Absolutely. And that's totally fair. And it does suck when someone recommends a book and is like excited about it. And then you're like, that's just not my thing. (laughs) So like Ryan and I try to pick books to read together. We haven't done one in a while, but like we've read The Stand together. We read The Revenant and there was another one. Now I'm blanking on what it's called, but we've read a few books together. Um it actually like the stand turned into a competition because we were both listening to it on audiobook and I'm like well, I listen to it here I'm even here but he listens to it on one time speed and I'm like uh that's insanity so
0: <laughs> I like the one time speed myself I that's how I got lose
1: my mind on one time speed I can't do it really? once I realize oh I cannot do it because I start to tune out because they speak slowly on purpose which is fine that's great um but like I, because I speak fast as I am now. So it's, it's not conversational for me. So I need to speed it up. So it's at more of a conversational pace because if it's too slow, I tune out. And then I have no idea what I just listened to. Then I got to go back and listen to it again. Uh, So that for me, I need it to sound converse at a conversational pace.
0: See, and I'm, I'm different in that respect because I, I just recently listened to the first, what is it? Three books of Dune. And the first book, as I was or listening to it, because I listened to it at work, because I could just have my headphones in while I'm doing my thing. And it was really nice. But one of the reasons I really enjoy at speed, at normal speed, is because as they're doing their lines and they're talking and they're, you know, going through like these battle plans or whatever, or their strategy and things like that how my brain operates, like when we're in conversation, I can speak fast with you. But when I listen to somebody telling me a story, I kind of want them to go slowly so I can allow my brain to kind of catch up, make an image, create a scenario, understand what they're trying to do, understand where they're going and why they're doing it and allow my brain to kind of go into that analytical nightmare that I do because going into dune there is a lot of politics in that yeah but for me it wasn't a schlog it was like i need you to go that slow so i can kind of keep up with why you're doing the things you're doing otherwise i'm just going to kind of glaze over it and i'm gonna miss the whole point while you're doing point c you know when mm-hmm. i didn't really understand a and b so for me it was really entertaining to allow it to just go at speed i don't like it going two plus speed because then sometimes I feel like
1: that's way too fast for me
0: yeah and it's like 2x speed is just like it's like what
1: I have a friend that listens to podcasts on like 2x speed and I'm like how do you do that oh my gosh! Uh, it's the Um, only way to
0: get through our podcast I mean
1: (laughs) the fastest I've ever listened to a book is because the author spoke so slowly was at 1.8 but audible um used to have like one times then one time, uh, 1.5, 1.7, uh, 3, 5, 7, and then right. two times. But they've expanded that to like 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, all the way through. So I can change it based on the book I'm listening to because sometimes I'll listen at only 1.2 speed. I just need it sped up a little bit. And some books, I need it sped up a lot for me to right. be into it. Um, but other services like Scribd and uh, my library app, still only have like five or six speeds
2: Gotcha.
1: so i would rather listen to it too slow than too fast but if i'm not enjoying it like i said i'm trying to get better at dnfing then i'll just speed through the end but that's i fair. haven't had to do that in a very long time we well, should so wrap fair. this up
0: <laughs> yes we should but uh, i would say you know as far as the band books are concerned um i still call bullshit on the whole concept um i think it's a waste of time and energy yep um just out of sheer principle it's like books are just like music you pick what you want you listen to what you want you read what you want if you find something that hits you then it's going to hit you for whatever reasons and there shouldn't be a restriction on that necessarily again as we talked maybe an age limitation might be a smarter way to go that way you know grading and yeah, because at that rate, yeah, you have an easier time, but I would not restrict people from buying them at any age necessarily, but or renting them. Yeah, or renting them or anything like that because at that rate you're basically closing off an entire audience that may perceive that book exactly the way you wanted them to at a younger age who need that. Who need that intel, who need that insight into the world, you know, for whatever reason.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: honestly i mean like the absolute true diary of a part-time indian i'm not gonna lie that book i I don't think there should ever be an age restriction on it at all it deals with some hard shit but the perspective on that book is so brilliant and sherman alexi is such a great writer it's like why would you ever tell people they can't read that i mean fuck's sake i if it were up to me you know, and I had my brothers that would become a part of required reading in school mm-hmm. because it does teach you about the other side, the you know, yeah. the life of somebody who has Native American origins who you know yeah. just wants to play basketball really and I mean. doesn't really want to be a part of this thing, but they are, and because of that, they're kind of alienated for it. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good story; I highly recommend it. Um, matter of fact i i'm following sherman Alexi on instagram and he made a joke today that there should be a smoke signals too and i was like <laughs> hell the fuck yes i was like you got to understand buddy that's how i got introduced to you. i just put this in his comments and he was like maybe someday and i was like oh don't fucking play with don't my mind <laughs> don't tease yeah. me don't threaten me with a good time
1: but i'm right with you with the with the books um don't ban teach educate talk communicate that's what these are for that's that's yep. the reason people people read and um there are books write. for pure inter- and you can read something heavy and hard for pure entertainment too and people need to learn their tastes learn what they can and can't handle um it's uh, like we're here uh, on this planet to learn and grow and do better that's my personal take on it um
0: it's the only way we truly evolve
1: Yep, yeah, and just banning books is dumb is my personal moniker (laughs) so um the list is on our facebook but uh until next time i've been sam i've been dan and we'll talk to you on the flippity flop word support us on patreon
0: please (laughs) for the love of god we're broke
1: Thank you for listening to Not Another Podcast. There are so many places for you to find us outside of www.notanotherpodcast.com. For instance, you can find us on Facebook at Not Another Podcast. You can also find us on Tumblr at www.notanotherpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also find me, Samantha Stark, on Twitter at SamanthaStark3. And you can find James on Twitter as well under James Spooky, spelled with an I-E, not a Y. And you wanted it. You asked for it. You got it. You can also find us now on iTunes under, you guessed it, Not Another Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out, Not Another podcasters.